0: I'm your host, Kayla Waters, and each week I'm joined by our co-host, Alicia Jenkins, while I share with you my deep dive into a new case. But my mom isn't the only one joining us weekly. We often strive to bring on a special guest, someone close to these cases, the victim's family, experts in the field, the wrongfully convicted, and survivors of violent crime. By sharing a victim's story, we hope to put the pressure on for you to get involved and help make a difference. We present this show to expose the monsters lurking all around us. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I have a harrowing and truly tragic story for you guys. And I'm going to give you this here at the beginning. And It is a trigger warning because it is about an eight-year-old girl, but she survives. And for this reason, I'm not going to use her full name or her parents' names because I would just like to keep them anonymous. Her name is out there, but I just felt like... Like, I wanted to share this with you, not to necessarily dive into their whole lives because she is a literal child and she deserves her privacy. So through our story, I will just be referring to her as S. The reason I thought this was really important to talk about, you guys know that I am highly emotional and devoted to child cases because they break my heart the most. I am just a huge child's advocate. They need a voice and whatnot. Now, S in our story survived, but I still found it a story that needs to be told in a sense that you can gain some knowledge, some perspective, and just see that things like this really do happen. And maybe even, not that you can ever prepare yourself for this, but I think a part of my intrigue with true crime and why I'm so obsessed with my research and always finding out more is because I almost feel a sense of safety in knowing what's out there and figuring out ways that I can protect myself. I'm not sure if that is how you guys are, but this is just a story I had never heard of that I never expected just the way it happens is just very shocking. So, you know, the good thing you can look forward to in this story is that it she did survive. But it is a tragic tale. So with that, you're probably not ready for it, but let's dive into today's case. All right. It's also your birthday when everyone will be hearing this, so wish her happy birthday.
1: Oh, yeah. It will be the big 45, which is basically almost 50. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) But you look young, you're healthy, So I don't know my joints hurt. She's getting old like she said but really she's young.
1: My mind is still young but my body is feeling a little bit older.
0: Is getting old. (laughs) I even feel that in my late 20s so I can't imagine once I hit 40.
1: That's because you need to get sleep.
0: That's true. So for today's episode like I told you we're only using the name S for the victim in this story, and then we'll refer to her parents just as her mom and dad because we're giving it to you here in the beginning. She did survive, but it's a really, really sad story. So
1: Why do you do another kid
0: one. I know. So I actually came across this video on TikTok. Of course, I'm just scrolling on TikTok. I come across this video. It's body cam footage and I'm going to send it to you today while we are recording. And I'm also going to play the audio for our listeners when we get to that point. But it was just the saddest thing I ever watched. I was bawling my eyes out on TikTok While I'm watching it and I just like felt connected to the case, I had to talk about it and I really wanted to talk about it because how I don't know how to explain it. You'll see in the beginning, but I just would have never expected something to happen in this way.
1: Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I guess we'll see.
0: (laughs) We'll get into it. It's 6.39 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th, 2019, when 8-year-old S and her mom are walking down the 2900th block of 6th Avenue in Fort Worth, Texas. They're out for a little evening stroll, but S and her mom never expected to come face-to-face with evil that night. As they're walking in their literal neighborhood, 51-year-old Michael Webb drives up next to them and stops his car. Even when he hops out of the driver's door, S's mom couldn't foresee the tragedy about to happen. Michael walks up to the mother-daughter duo, ripping S away from her mom and throwing her into the backseat of his car. But her mom isn't going to let this psychotic man drive off with her 8-year-old, so she jumps in behind her daughter and she starts fighting with everything she's got. Her heart is pounding as adrenaline rushes through her body because she has to save her daughter's life but my that would
1: be so scary yeah,
0: that's what I was talking about like I would never I mean never expect I mean
1: we that. walk around the neighborhood all the time
0: exactly when I heard what happened here I was just dumbfounded yeah
1: that is weird you wouldn't think people would do that just out in the open I mean was the guy wearing a mask or anything or could the mom like clearly identify him and his car.
0: It is never reported that he's wearing a mask, so I would assume he's not. Yeah,
1: that's just insane.
0: It is so weird. And one of the reporters that reported on this case, they had said that child abductions are really rare in and of themselves, let alone like something like this almost never happens where they're just abducted straight from their parents. Not when their parent's not looking. Out in the open. Yeah. Middle of the day, like it's sunlight, the mom's right there, and he just snatches her.
1: There had to have been, like, even other people possibly around or people inside a house that could hear. Like, I would imagine there would be screaming. Yes,
0: and that does happen. So we'll see. That's how we're able to get some footage of this. She's in the car. She's fighting. She is screaming. But Michael is able to overpower her, so he shoves the mom out of the car and onto the pavement. The car door's shut, and Michael steps on the gas, speeding off, leaving S's mom there alone in the street. So her kid just got kidnapped right in front of her. She fought for her, and she didn't win. He got her out of the car. And like I just said, this interaction is caught on a neighbor's doorbell camera. The moment that S is taken, we don't really see that part of it. The car either, like, drives past the house and is stopped right in front of it to push S's mom out. Like, you know how the doorbell cameras need to be activated? They don't just record everything. Yeah. She must have jumped in the car, and he must have been trying to drive off. And they're, they're, like, fighting, and he's able to push her out. He stops in front of this neighbor's home. So it's either activated when the car comes by that home, or it's activated when the neighbor comes outside. Because this neighbor does see, does hear from inside of his home screaming outside. So he walks out and then you see the camera kind of right as he's coming out. And what you see is he walks out and she's pushed onto the ground and then the car goes off. and she's just there in the road. And then she actually stands up and she's screaming out to anyone who's outside. She says, quote, "Help me, help me, please. My daughter just got kidnapped. Right when she says this, the neighbors had jerks to the side because he's trying to glance down the road at the car that just took off, like taking in the information he just heard, thinking to himself, is this really happening? You can tell he's really shocked when he hears her say, my my daughter just got kidnapped. He probably thought it was more of a domestic fight or something. Mm,
1: yeah, you might assume that. Yeah, like, psycho. A... Like, oh, her dad just kidnapped her.
0: Yeah, well, I mean.
1: You wouldn't think it'd be a complete stranger. Yeah, I
0: think he thought that it was domestic before he heard her say her daughter was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. S's mom also doesn't run to that neighbor. I'm not even sure that she sees him. By the time she's screaming, she's also running in like a full-blown run down the street. She passes right by his house. And I'm assuming this is because she's running back towards her own home. And while she's running, she dials 911.
1: Oh, the mom did?
0: Yeah. Okay. I thought she was yelling to him specifically, but I'm not sure she is. I think she's just yelling out and saying like, help, my daughter just got kidnapped. And she is booking it right past his house, back towards where she was coming from. So like I said, probably to her house. So police get this call. And they first go to that neighbor's home to check the footage because it happened right there. I think he probably called as well because he was watching or really panicked. And then you see him start to rush inside. So I'm assuming he also goes inside and calls 911 and they're able to go to his house and they look at this footage to see what happened. So it's seen that the car that takes S is a four-door dark gray sedan with alloy wheels with either a light tint or no tint and possible paper plates. Paper plates I would assume is like not a regular license plate maybe just got bought or an unregistered car. Oh, this. So this is now the car they're looking for. And they start putting it out on social media. They start putting it out to the public. They just really want this information out there so people can help track down the car and find where S could be. And a regional Amber Alert is issued at 1030 p.m. by the Fort Worth police. And the first active Amber Alert from Texas Alerts goes live at 11 p.m. And it was just kind of confusing. Because it's reported they went out, but it's also reported that most people didn't see it. So there is a press conference the following Sunday. It is Mayor Betsy Price, the mayor of Fort Worth. She comes out to that press conference and she says, quote, the car he was driving did not fit the criteria for an Amber Alert because there was no license plate. The system works if you have a tag number. And in this instance, we had a vehicle distri- description, but not a plate. So we were able to leverage what we could out of the license plate and social media. And that's what really helped us. There was, an a- there was apparently an alert that was issued and received by media members, but it was not received to the general public, which concerns us. We will work endlessly to find out why the criteria is that way. The AMBER program developed years ago before cell phones and video. They probably need an update. So I like that she's acknowledging it probably wasn't, didn't go out the right way. It
1: wouldn't go out because they didn't have the license?
0: Yeah, that's what she's saying. Like they, for their missing child, they didn't fit the criteria, which I know there is a lot of specific criteria for a child to go out on a missing, like, an amber alert.
1: It's like, just describe the car, describe the description. Like, no, you don't really have to have the license plate.
0: Yeah, but
1: I don't... So people can look for the model of the car, the color. Exactly. Like, if the guy has a kid. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but I don't think that the police choose what goes out. I think it's, like, they must enter it, and then this is what goes out. But, yeah, like you said, just put it out, and that... Betsy says that she is going to be working and meeting with the Amber Alert team to see about revising their guidelines Mm. because that could have been really helpful. And the thing I've noticed is every time I get an Amber Alert, it always ends up being a kid kidnapped by a different, like a parent that doesn't have custody or something like that. Yet we're never sending out Amber Alerts for the kids who are abducted. Because they never fit the criteria because, yeah, I mean, you can't like paint a perfect picture of what exactly is going to go down when a kid goes missing.
1: Yeah, that would be nice to be a little more lenient.
0: And like maybe even more specific in, I don't know, in like the way that it's really focused on the kids that are getting abducted. Into like dangerous situations. I guess a parent that doesn't have custody. Could be dangerous too. Yeah it
1: shouldn't change the parent one. Because they should still be. You know qualify for Amber Alert. But more stuff too.
0: I agree. I agree with them. Like this this would have helped a lot. But thankfully we live in a day and age of social media. And they were able to get the information out. Regardless to all the people in Fort Worth. And The community members really did good work and came together. Everyone was just on the ball immediately searching for S because it's an eight-year-old girl abducted right out of like a nice neighborhood walking with her mom. It was shocking to everyone. So this happened at 6.38 p.m. They're searching. They end up getting that Amber Alert out by like 11 p.m., which just went out to media members. But by midnight, they're having these tips after that. You know, alert goes out and they're posting on social media. The first viable tip that comes in is around midnight and it's from a hotel guest at the Wood Springs Suites Hotel in Fort Worth. So, police head there and they meet the front desk clerk. We got a call from a hotel guest here that there is a man with a girl inside your hotel. We've been looking for him. We think he might have kidnapped this young girl. So, the clerk agrees to take the police up to Michael Webb's room and it's on the third floor so they know it's Michael it really is him checked in which we know at this point that that is who took her but police don't know that they're just following this lead they start knocking on the door Michael is being super hard he's not cooperating he doesn't want to answer the door which red flag right like just answer the door it's the police Several minutes later, he finally decides he will open the door and he allows the officers to come inside of his hotel room and take a look around. He acts like he wasn't being uncooperative. He was just in there. He was busy. So they go into his room and they start looking around, but they don't see anything. There's no little girl in sight. And this is a hotel room. So there's not a lot. There's a bathroom and a bed. Where is she? And they can't find her. They also hadn't found in that parking lot a car that matched the description that went out, that dark gray sedan. They check with the front desk clerk and they confirm that Michael has no vehicles associated with his room. So they consider it a bust. They went to the wrong man's room. But we know that's not true. People are still out look- looking. There are some local church members. They're from the Bear Creek Bible Church. One of them is the missions pastor. He was actually an old friend of S's dad. And this is Pastor Jeff King. He's searching with one of his colleagues. They're looking for S everywhere. He probably just felt like this duty to keep looking because he knows the family. On a somewhat personal level, they're they're not necessarily friends right in that moment, but they are had been friends years before they are going to hotels apartments everything when they come to that hotel the same one the police were just at a couple hours earlier
1: yeah so I'm confused about that did somebody who called the tip in
0: a guest
1: that knew that the guy had a girl
0: a hotel guest had seen a guy
1: I mean why didn't they investigate that more
0: I mean what could they do when you go into the room? Did they and
1: look under the beds?
0: They looked <laughs> they looked everywhere they like that a girl could be hidden is what they said. Like they checked all the spaces where they felt like a eight year old girl could be.
1: Huh. I wonder if the hotel had cameras that they could look on.
0: Yeah, possibly. And maybe they did start doing that in the next couple hours, but they it's never reported that way. It's just reported that a couple hours later, there's the second tip that leads them back to the Wood Springs Suites Hotel. So Jeff King, he spoke at that Sunday press conference, the same one that the mayor spoke at, and he says, quote, I have two boys and I would have wanted as many eyes looking out for my boys as possible. Everything was really accidental. When he calls in the second tip, the police come again I mean what are the odds that they would get a tip there it seems viable and then these guys actually find the car in the parking lot I don't know if the car was there the whole time or in that couple hours it had been moved and brought to the parking lot but police had said they didn't see the car in the parking lot that first time around oh
1: my gosh and when they come that second time
0: to the car that Jeff King found they confirm there's blood on the front passenger seat. So this kind of puts them into like full force action. And they quickly run inside, back up to the third floor, back to Michael's room. At this point, S had been gone for eight hours.
1: So it's like, does this guy just sit there and stay there in his hotel? You would think that if, you know, people already came looking for him once, he'd be out
0: of there. I know. But I guess he just thought that he tricked them. And he does admit later to the police that he threatened S before that midnight check. He actually hid her in a laundry basket. In the room? Yes. So she was inside that room. So
1: they didn't really look that
0: hard. I guess not. I guess they didn't think that she could be... (laughs) fit in that laundry basket they didn't move the clothes oh my gosh. I'm sure they regret that very much that is like the thing that didn't go right besides that like in this video they did a wonderful job the second time they go but yeah that first check I guess maybe they didn't fully think it was him because the car wasn't there maybe they I'm not sure why they didn't look in the laundry basket I'll kind of explain to them just like slightly what happened before I play the audio so this is body cam footage from the Fort Worth police and they knock on the door what's really disgusting is he yells out to them hold on I'm getting dressed and then by the they start breaking in the door they pull him out they go in they're looking around you can hear relief in their voice when they find her and she is like bent down in that laundry basket They find her. They're like, we found her. They're really happy. They're arresting him. But what's really sad is, like, I just could not handle the whole video. Because even though it's not said, you just know what happened. They go in. There's some blood on the bed. He wants to get her a towel, which was really sweet of him. He covers her up. They carry her outside. Her dad's down there. police pardon! Open the door!
1: Open it now. Break it. Open oh, oh, it. Hands. Let me see your hands. Step out here. Step out. Step out. Yeah. Get on, yeah. show, 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 Get on show, the trap. Get chill, One bed, one bed. bed, man. We're, hey, here she is. Got her. We got her. We got her. We got her. We got her. Yes, we're Hey buddy. We're trying. I got a man. We, 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 we have her. Or we need an EMT. Get a cold mid start. No, 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 don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about your clothes. We got a towel. We got a towel. Do we have it? Can, Can, Can we cover her up? Can we cover her up? Yeah. With something? Here just sure, go, baby. Can we get her out? Come here. Come here. Let's go. Come on, sweetheart. You're okay? You're We got you. You're gonna be okay. We got her. Hold the door. Hey, back off, guys. Back off. Please, just back off. Hey Hey, let's go. Let's get her in here. So she can sit down. Guys, listen. Just just stay there for me, okay? Hey, do me a favor. It's the father. Okay, okay. Just hold on, okay. Uh, what's
0: this place called? What's this it's place-
1: It's the the Woodbridge Suites.
0: Woodbridge Suites. Are-
1: it's, it's in Forest oh, Hill.
0: Hill. I just like literally cried for probably ten minutes when I watched it because I know that I it's just so sad for her. She's eight, and like you can tell what happened. You just
1: can't imagine that happening to your yeah. own kid no and she was very I mean you do not you don't really hear her in the video she just seemed kind of quiet and calm I feel like yeah maybe other eight-year-olds would be freaking out and bawling yeah
0: and her mom kept describing her as brave like she always says she's really brave and strong that probably ties into like how brave she was acting you just hear her at one part of the video ask tell them not to um like to if she can have her clothes Mm. which is so sad and the police officer says don't worry about your clothes which could seem like kind of rude but I believe it's because they have to have those clothes for evidence oh
1: yeah see I didn't really hear her say that I didn't know who said that but then I just heard him say you know get her a towel and I'm thinking is she naked
0: yeah So I do think she was undressed, at least partly. It's just, like, harrowing and so sad.
1: An eight-year-old.
0: Yeah. And you can just feel the emotion in the video. Like, the police are, like, relieved and sad, and they're trying to, like, be really kind to her. The one police officer that covered her with the towel calls her Sweetie Heart. I was like, (laughs) oh, I can't believe they were able to find her alive in the first place and although she'll have trauma from this forever like that is a not the best case scenario ending but I'm sure her family was so relieved to find out she was in there alive
1: oh yeah that guy's an idiot
0: like thank goodness they always are so stupid first you just take her straight from her mom's arms
1: it's like you do it in broad daylight
0: and then you just stay at the hotel and
1: then it's like and then they come to your room once
0: and he thinks oh I I got away with it Mm. when he's pulled out of the room he's also nude and they arrest him they take him to jail they charge him with aggravated kidnapping it's a first degree felony and his bond is set at a hundred thousand dollars S. is taken to the hospital for a checkup and then is able to go home with her family. And her family did make a statement after this to the media saying, quote, We would like to begin by thanking the Fort Worth Police Department, the FBI, and the numerous other law enforcement agencies involved in bringing S. home. The biggest thank you goes to the people of Fort Worth and surrounding areas that made her return possible. We hope Fort Worth will get to know S over time and come to see the strong, articulate, intelligent eight year old girl they saved. And with this, they share some photos of her to show her strength. It shows a photo of her, just like, just of her, just. A personal photo after the whole thing. And then there's also a photo of her in the hospital with two police officers visiting her. They're all smiling. It's very sweet. And they go on to say, quote, Things will never be the way they used to, but things will get better. S has been surrounded by family and friends ever since she returned. And to Jeff King, a man we haven't seen in 15 years, your name will forever be etched in our lives. Aww. So they were very grateful for the community, for the police, the community, everything, but like especially the people who were out like on the ground looking. It it was only because of the community members that police were able to follow the right leads. Yeah.
1: From their tips.
0: Like the police did a great job in rescuing her there at the end, but they only got to that point because people were out searching Fort Worth themselves. I mean, imagine who knows how many police officers are employed there and then how many are on duty. If you only have a few people looking, you're going to take a lot longer to find something, you know? Yeah. So by 2.55 a.m. on Sunday, the police are able to notify the public that the eight-year-old girl was found and that Michael was arrested. It's reported over and over that she was found safe and in good condition. One article even wrote, quote, the youngster appeared calm and unharmed. It, it was like a celebration. The media really puts it out as just like this huge celebration. She was great. She was fine. We found her total like she's good, but she was found and she was alive, but I don't think she was unharmed or in good condition. I think that was like a little downplayed. Like it is a celebration that she was found, but she wasn't just like safe.
1: Yeah. Did they ever come out and say?
0: No, I think it's really been released more with the trial. Like, right after she was found, it was just everyone was really happy that she was found, of course. I just thought it was a little odd how often it was saying she was unharmed, how often it was saying she was in good condition, just because I was thinking, well, no, she's not actually. She was, like, sexually assaulted, and she's eight years old, so she's not unharmed. But um, more of that information comes out later in the media when the trial happens, and then kind of with things like this, like things going public, like the video, like the body cam being public, I'm sure, after the trial. And you can kind of really see just in it how traumatic it was. Yeah. At that Sunday press conference that the mayor spoke at, they also had police chief Joel Fitzgerald, and he was just Praising the public, he was really grateful for their search. Quote, I'd like to give you all a hand for pulling together the way you did. That doesn't happen everywhere in the U.S. People don't get out and just become more than the eyes and ears and be- become the search party. They become the rescuers. They become the heroes. And we are damn proud of it. It sounds like the police were also really grateful to like give that credit of finding the car to the public. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Great, great community.
0: Yeah. It sounds like they all did a really good job here. And it's during, once they arrest Michael, they take him back to the station and they start interviewing him. This interview is recorded for three hours and he's interviewing with the FBI because there's multiple different people involved in this. And since it was an abduction, like a known abduction, the FBI just immediately got involved. So Michael confesses and admits that he fought off S, he fought off S's mom and when he speeds off he actually drives to a church parking lot and it's not till later that evening closer to midnight that he takes S to the Wood Springs Suites Hotel and he carries her from his car into the room. I believe he carried her in in the laundry basket but then a hotel guest also saw them So I'm not sure exactly, but he gets her up to the room. That hotel guest does see them. This is where he holds her captive. He threatens her. That's why she's not found on that first search, yada, yada. So this whole investigation was conducted by the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI, and the North Texas Child Exploitation Task Force, as well as the Fort Worth Police Departments and a few other You know, jurisdictions. The attorney prosecuting this case is Erin Healy Cox and her assistant, Aisha Salem. She is the District Project Safe Childhood Coordinator, and the judge over this trial is Judge Reed C. O'Connor. And this trial happens in September of 2019, so just months after the abduction, that was in May, and it lasts for two days. As his mom comes, she testifies about her daughter. She talks again about her being brave and how strong she is. I'm sure she talked about what they had been through since the tragedy happened. And she also testifies about the physical fight she had with Michael to try and get her daughter back. During court, it's revealed that Michael has an extensive criminal history. He has been arrested for terroristic threats, sexual assault, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And just a year before this incident, he was accused of sexually assaulting a girl in Cook County. But that case was dropped when the victim stopped cooperating. Oh,
1: that's too bad.
0: Yeah, it's like a bummer that it was dropped, but sometimes it's too hard to go to court all the time. Sometimes victims just want to move past it. So yeah. he's not prosecuted for that at all. It was Richard Vance who was going to prosecute him for that in Cook County. And he did a little interview after this whole incident. And he just said he was very grateful that Michael was arrested, charged, and as you'll see, convicted in this case. It only took the federal jury. 10 minutes to decide his fate. Wow. 10 minutes, which, you know, it can take days, yeah. hours, usually. 10 minutes, they knew what they wanted him, wanted to do. So he is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole.
1: Oh, good. I was hoping that he would never be able to get out again. Yeah. He's a danger.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad because this could have gone either way. Because we know people who do this, people who have murdered, we've seen them get far lighter sentences. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy to know he's in there for life. He will not get paroled. Prosecuting attorney Cox said, quote, the defendant stole this victim's innocence. She knows that there is evil in this world. Evil has a face and that face is Michael Webb's. And then FBI Special Agent in Charge Matthew J. DeSarno of the Dallas Field Office said, quote... A dangerous predator is spending the rest of his life behind bars because law enforcement and citizen volunteers worked worked tirelessly to safely bring the victims home. The FBI's North Texas Child Exploitation Task Force is committed to assisting our law enforcement partners in the protection of the most vulnerable in our community. Today's sentence sends an important message to all predators. We will not allow any crime against children to go unpunished. for listening you can find us on social media on tiktok on instagram and on twitter make sure to follow us so you can interact with us and see all of our posts on our cases we also have a website www.truecrimeexposedpodcast.com, and you can email us anything you want at our email truecrimeexposed at gmail.com hi i'm charlie waters and today i'm going to be talking about snails today Um, we are going to be learning and having facts about snails. Did you know when you put salt on a snail, it shrinks? Also, a snail is a gastrobod. And what's really weird is that some snails have lungs, but other ones breathe through gills. Did you know a snail... Isn't a slug? They're just closely related. Bye. Have a great day. I've talked about this organization before, but it is a super important one that I feel like deserves to be circled back around to. If you visit missingkids.org, you're going to come to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They are all about helping end and preventing child sex trafficking. Child victims are their number one priority. Of course, you can tell, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And they do really incredible work. They have amazing people working for them. And I think I've mentioned it here before, but someone who is connected to people we know and actually has been around my kids a couple times before was caught because of the chi- this organization. Um, they were caught for child pornography and after Tumblr saw these images and videos uploaded onto their platform, they actually sent a tip into the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and they were able to send Idaho Falls all this information and find out, you know, what was going on and really help bring this to light, which I'm so thankful for. They are literally incredible. So make sure to visit them. You can donate to them. You can get involved. And I just think they're a very important organization to support.